This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai I 103.8. Well, hi there. It's Mark Lloyd from Lunch with Lloyd. And welcome along to this podcast today. We were asking our listeners, where is the happy place? Where do they go to to really kind of feel happy? And you'd be surprised at some of the comments that we had on the show. We also talked movies and talked about the brand new blockbuster in town. That's Dune. And William Mullally, our movie critic, spoke to several members of the cast of that. Bollywood was in the mix and also brunches with AJ, a.k.a. Mr. Brunch, pointing us in the right direction of three great brunches this weekend at Dubai Marina. And then we wrapped up with some theatre, Shakespeare in Love, a very modern take on the work of William. Shakespeare. Enjoy the podcast and do join me live on the show weekdays from 11 o'clock only on Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. I want to know where is your happy place? Okay, now I'm going to throw in a couple just to get the ball rolling. Uh, probably either on a riverbank, a canal, or in the ocean holding a fishing rod is probably my happy place. But also my music room as well, surrounded by vinyl records and wondering which one to play next. That is my happy place. Let's go to the lines and find out some happy places of our listeners. Mateen, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? Fantastic, sir. Great to have you on the show. So tell me, what is your Thanks. what Thanks. is your happy place, Martin? Uh, my happy place uh, now is my farmhouse in Pakistan. Back home, um, we made it uh, with so much love, but for the last two and a half years, I couldn't go there uh, because of pandemic, and uh, now I am missing it like anything. I want to go there and spend my some quality time with my parents and my family. It's an orange orchard with uh, about uh, 10 acres of land and it's a very uh, beautifully crafted. So uh, I want to go there, man. It sounds amazing. It really does. 10 acres. That's, uh, that's a, a big plot of land for sure. Yeah, what kind of things do you get up to uh, when, when you're there? You know, do you spend a lot of time outdoors? Uh, outdoors all the time because we have uh, like planted uh, orange orchard over there and then there are all type of vegetables, homegrown. Everything organic, and uh, most of the time in the fields I used to spend uh, just with the uh, with the uh, workers over there. So, I'm missing it badly yeah. now. Yeah, um, well, fingers crossed, Martin, that you'll be able to get there uh, sooner rather than later. Thanks for your call. We're going to go to line number two, where Ali joins me on the show. Good morning, Ali. Yeah, hi, good morning. Uh, thanks for your call. Um, Ali, tell me, your happy place, where would it be? Well, actually, it's uh, Omolkewen, actually. Omolkewen City, it's uh, quiet, it's peaceful. I like the beach, I like, you know... Yeah. Even though smaller canteens, it's just peace of mind. A peaceful place, Amal Kwain. Uh What kind of things do you get up to when you uh, when you travel up to there, Ali? Well, sometimes, like uh, in the weekend, I could go there, like you know, say five o'clock in the morning, o'clock in the morning, enjoy a walk at the beach. Uh, I could sit, like you know, in one of those older, like you know, uh, uh, canteens, those like forty, fifty old canteens. Still, some of them exist over there. Wow. It's just quiet and peaceful, you know, it's just away, like, from the urban uh, yeah, lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, out into nature uh, again. Are you going to be going this weekend, Ali? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah? <laughs> it sounds like I you go. So. Most, Pre- likely, yeah, most likely tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Well, enjoy your time in your happy place. Uh, finally, uh, we've got joining us on line three, Gallia. Good morning, Gallia. How are you? How are you? Excellent. So tell me, happy places is what we're talking about today. Where would it be for you, Gallia? 
my happy place is Lebanon, my home country, and I miss it all the time. Okay, so tell me a bit more um, uh, wh- where exactly you come from. And uh, you mentioned in your message there, it's, you love every single village. So tell me about your time there. So whenever you go there, you can um, go to different villages where you can have the, the best local produce, the best manusha uh, pizza with cheese or with thyme. Can have, uh, you can go by, stay by the sea and spend the day uh, listening to your uh, favorite songs and with the breeze of the Mediterranean Sea in your ears and... Uh, uh, or you can walk uh, on the streets of Beirut where uh, you feel alive at every second. Sounds amazing, Gali. When was the last time you was there and when do you hope to, to get back? I was there in July and I might go back in uh, November. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed that um, that you do that. And thanks for sharing your happy place once again. What is your happy place? Maybe you're going to be going there this weekend. It could be a room in your house. It could be a farmhouse like we heard uh, earlier on or uh, even uh, another emirate in Am al Uh Thank you, Aruma, for your message. Right now, it's anywhere my extended family is. If it's raining, it's even nicer. <laughs> yeah, I miss a bit of rain as well. I um, do love that. We're going to go to the lines. Elisa, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Thanks. How are you? Excellent. So um, we've been talking about our happy place um, today. Uh, what would your answer to be? Where is your happy place, Elisa? I think it's more of a concept. So music is my happy place. I mean, it takes you on a journey, and I always play music where, no matter where I'm driving. Really? So it's uh, it's on all the time. What what's your taste? What's your kind of your favorite style? Oh, I don't have one. I used to limit myself ages ago, but when I was a teenager growing up. Yeah. But right now, I don't. <laughs> you don't. So you listen. You listen to anything. Music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any favorite artists that that spring to mind? Who um, you know, when it comes on the radio, you think, "Oh, wow, that is fantastic." Abba. Abba. <laughs> <laughs> Abba. And then look, um, I, I think I mentioned before to you guys that I would have loved to grown up in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. Well, I did. So, I, I was lucky enough to grow up in the seventies <laughs> and eighties, so I experienced that. So you like that era of music then? Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a baby, my uncle used to put these massive headphones over my head to put me to sleep, and it would be <laughs> modern talking over and over again. Oh, wow. That would switch back. <laughs> How did you sleep to modern talk? <laughs> no idea. Yeah, that, that, amazing. But uh, you must be excited about ABBA's new music coming out and the new album. Yes and no, because it's not the same thing. It's just like when I, when I saw Kiss, um, live when they were in their 70s <laughs> that wasn't the same thing as seeing them in, the, in their prime yeah yeah anyway um, so it's just interesting I'm going to try and play some good stuff for Lisa for you to listen to today that um, is going to bring thank in, you in fact, <laughs> my next song is going to be from the 70s and it's just for you have a brilliant weekend we're going to go to line number two uh, Basil uh, joins us on the show um, how are you yeah, good. Thank you so much for having me with you. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So tell me, happy places. Where 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 is yours? Yeah, under the water. Actually, when we're doing the free diving, is the best place ever. So you're the underwater guy, right? Um, so wh- where do you go and do your diving? Usually on the east coast, there. Yeah, and, and yeah, we have, yeah. As the weekend, usually we're heading over there. 
Okay. Are you going to be going this weekend? Yeah, on Saturday, hopefully. Brilliant. And uh, why do you say it's your happy place? What What do you feel when you're under the water? You'll be only within you and yourself. No interruption, and uh, it's a peaceful state of mind where uh, no interaction. Just listen to uh, the deep ocean and feeling the pressure surrounding by uh, the blue water. And uh, it's really quality moments uh, where... Uh, you just focus about your inner thought, uh, inner peace, and uh, only you and yourself. It's, uh, yeah. it's uh, unbelievable. It sounds uh, a brilliant, happy place, does that one, uh, Basil. And, and do yeah. enjoy it over the weekend as uh, you're heading out diving there. This is Dubai I 103.8. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yeah, welcome back to the show, Lunch with Lloyd. We're asking you, where is your happy place? Keep those messages coming along to 4001. I've got a funny feeling uh, my next guest, his happy place, is being in a cinema. because <laughs> He spends a lot of time in them. William Mullally, our movie critic. Is that your happy place? How did you get? <laughs> <laughs> Never thought you'd get that one. Couldn't be anywhere else, could it, William? Um, so uh, we're here to talk uh, all kinds of, of movies, things that we need to be watching this weekend. And I just knew this one was going to crop up. Um, it's the big release, and it's called Dune. It is called Dune. And only four letters, I don't think, sums up you know, the massive scale of not only this franchise, but also the film that has been crafted here by director Denis Villeneuve, who slowly has become, I think, one of the most important auteurs of um, the end of the century, I think, in a lot of ways. You know, he's not a name that people know. I don't think he's that brand name, like a Spielberg or a Scorsese. But mm. if you start listing off the films that Denis has made, it's like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> and you realize that he really just has this unique voice. I mean, so do you know Denis Villeneuve? I do not. No, um, I don't know what he's directed. Um, I, it's the first time I've come across him, and uh, you're talking, you know, uh, with kind of the level of Spielberg and the, and the big guys. Um, so tell me more about him. Okay, well, that's the thing. So now I roll up my sleeves. Now I start listening to names. Okay, Arrival, Sicario, Enemy, Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal, Blade Runner 2049. Really, I think he's just a tremendous, tremendous director who has really, I think been able to also work at a scale that not many filmmakers are that are making such like unique and interesting films and i think with dune he's you know been given the reins to a franchise that has beguiled filmmakers you know since the book was first published in 1965 we saw david lynch take a crack at it in the early 1980s that completely changed the trajectory of his career i don't think he ever made a film anywhere close to dune again because he hated the process of making it so much although i will say I love that film. It's great. I think David Lynch underrates it himself, as do all of his fans. But I do think with Denise's version of this story, bringing to life this world of Arrakis, this you know desert planet that has this, you know, it basically it has an, um, a substance on it that allows interstellar travel and allows people to you know finally go across the universe, and that makes it the most valuable substance in the universe. And it has been in this empire, there are people that live on this planet, the Fremen, who were the caretakers of it for a long time, but it's basically been taken over. And there are these evil people, the Harkonnens, who have been taking this spice 
from this planet. And now the, the, the Harkonnens have left. The Atreides, who are a much nicer family, are going to come in, but things are not going to go as they should. So it's, it's a simple story, but it's also just this epic story of heroism, of you know, majesty. It's, like, it's really got all the elements of you know, classic sci-fi, classic fantasy, and just classic storytelling. And here, Denis, I think, has really captured the heart, heart of this novel and this beautiful desert planet with, you know, some of the biggest names in the world, you know, Timothy Chabelet, Oscar Isaac, you know, Rebecca Ferguson, um, Jason Momoa. It's really a tremendous, tremendous cast. Um, Zendaya is here, Javier Bardem, like really it can go on and on. And I think it's, it's really capturing the spirit of what Frank Herbert originally envisioned, you know, when he published this book. And the as the series goes, it gets wilder and bigger. And I don't think Denis was trying to capture all of it. In fact, this is only, it comes up at the beginning, Dune Part 1. So this is going to be the start of a franchise. And it's only really on the first half of the first book that we get here. But it is really building something spectacular. And they also were able to capture some of the majesty of the UAE, in um, crafting this film, because obviously where else could they get, you know, deserts this gorgeous? Um, they actually filmed, uh, a, you know, a huge portion of the important scenes in Abu Dhabi, which isn't something they've really talked about and not something that Denis Villeneuve himself has talked about. But of course, you know, I'm going to have the exclusive on that. And I was able to talk with Denis about what Abu Dhabi gave him that nowhere else could. And really, he was just you know, over the moon with the experience that he had here in the UAE. Uh, it offered us one of the most stunning landscape uh, I've seen in my life, which is the sand dune oceans uh, that uh, I thought uh, I've, I've scouted uh, several several deserts for dune. I've been in a lot of places in the world, but uh, what uh, I found in, a, uh, in Abu Dhabi is unmatchable. I mean, there's a scale to the dune and to the desert and a variety of, of shapes that uh, uh, we thought was absolute, absolutely mesmerizing. And uh, there's also some climatic conditions there that uh, uh, were perfect for us because the proximity of the sea, there's like a kind of strangely a kind of haze in the air that I was looking for uh, that uh, matched totally the, 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 the look of the film and uh, that I, I was uh, trying to accomplish and and uh, with the, my cinematographer and um, so it was definitely the perfect environment to to shoot the movie and we had the the chance to find this uh, this uh, hotel that is set just in the middle of the San Jews which facilitated uh, totally uh, uh, the the shooting to be to have that proximity with the desert we were in the middle of the desert so it means that when you wake up in the morning you you after a two-minute drive, or I would say three-minute walk, you are already in the desert. So that that was very important it, it, uh, because I wanted to capture a certain specific moment of the day. And uh, we had a lot of support from Abu Dhabi. And uh, uh, honestly, uh, it is still today uh, about, uh, about my best memories from that shoot. It was exhausting, but it was so rewarding and we had so much fun and... and uh, um, I think that everybody brought back uh, great memory from that shoot. And, and how does that desert come across um, on camera, uh, William? I mean, he's obviously very enthusiastic about uh, having shots uh, up there in Abu Dhabi. What did you make of the actual filming? 
Yeah, honestly, like, so certain parts of it were filmed, um, you know, outside Petra um, in the deserts of Jordan, and certain parts were filmed in the UAE. Yeah. And maybe it's, you know, the fact that I've you know, been in the region, you know, approaching 15 years that I'm able to distinguish as I'm watching it. You know, we can kind of, I think, geek out as people who live in this region. You can kind of tell when they're in Jordan and when they're in Abu Dhabi. And like what he's talking about is that haze, you know, that, that, that sort of ethereal quality that I think yeah. really gives the movie its spirit is so purely Abu Dhabi. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things about watching it, especially watching it on the IMAX, where it's, it's releasing today. So I would definitely go check this out. Let's have a little listening on uh, the trailer for this one. This is Dune. My planet Arrakis is so beautiful when the sun is low. Rolling over the sands, you can see spice in the air. The outsiders ravage our lands in front of our eyes. Their cruelty to my people is all I've known. What's to become of our world? A boy! (laughs) Duncan, can I trust you with something? Yes, always, you know that. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. I don't know what it means. Dreams make good stories. But everything important happens when we're awake. Hey, you. Put on some muscle? I did. So uh, that's a little clip then from uh, the trailer of Doom. Listening to Lunch with Lloyd on Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, welcome back to the show. And um, we are talking movies, and the big release this weekend is uh, Dune. And uh, William Mullally uh, is with us, our movie critic, um, already uh, spoken with the director. Uh, but you managed to catch up, uh, William, with some of the cast as well. I did. And like I was saying, this is just heavy hitter after heavy hitter. You know, I think Timothy Chamelay in the, in the leading role is, you know, very well cast, you know, um, and I, I think really it's the supporting cast that makes it really work. It really, I think, gives it the feel, and I think some of the most important and, and I think some of the most, um, char- like, memorable characters in the film are the supporting cast that surround Timothy. And I think Rebecca Ferguson, who plays his mother, is, I think, she's kind of the most essential character in the, in the book, and I think the movie really captures that. And so I think their relationship is very important. She's kind of the spirit of what this world embodies. And I think Rebecca is just a tremendously talented actor who I think we've seen, you know, on big scale and small. But I think she's really found a home on the biggest possible movies, you know, from the Mission Impossible movies um, to, you know, Dr. Sleep playing the villain. I think she's really, really tremendous. She's someone I've sat down with again and again. But I, I think since she always tries to pair herself with the best possible directors, for Rebecca, it was Denis who was able to, to make her shine. And you know, I think that experience of, of working with him in, you know, across Hungary, where they filmed some scenes, as well as in Jordan and here in the UAE, which she loved. And she said she loved crawling on top of the sand dunes every morning um, when they were in the desert. Um, I think it was, it was Denis that really gave the experience that she was looking for and the experience that she's going to remember. He's, there's no one else like Denis. He's yeah. just, he's there's just no one yeah, but he's so he's so lovable. He's like a little I don't know. I don't know what this is. I call him an octopus because this isn't flattering, but um he's someone I just I so respect and I feel so challenged 
but challenged in a way where it's not in your face challenged. It's someone where I try different things and I, I grow and I can make mistakes and, and we both tune in when something is good or bad. And he gave me space to come up with my own ideas from the book and bring in again. Um, and such a maestro at directing us in the way that we needed separately. Obviously a good working relationship there, William. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think... You know, when you have great actors as well, you know, great directors are able to get great performances out of them. And sometimes even the smallest ones can be the most significant. And here, the, the role of Baron Harkonnen, who is kind of the the disgusting overlord of this world that is just haunting um, the, the Atreides family and the looming threat that comes if the Harkonnens decide to come back and reclaim their desert planet. Um, Baron Harkonnen, here played by Stellan Skarsgård, is tremendous and awful and just as you know horrible as I, I think the book makes him come across and i think um david lynch's original film really captured well but here i, I think Stellan skarsgård who's also you know the father of alex skarsgård um you know a tremendous actor and tremendous family man in his own right is as menacing here as we've ever seen him he's not the the lovable scientist that we saw in the avengers films like this is a terrifying performance from Stellan. And I think capturing that and capturing the physicality of this gigantic, disgusting, weird person was really about capturing the humanity, as he told me. So it was very important for us to, to, to make him fascinating and frightening at the same time. So people could not forget him, <laughs> you know? Uh, and and it, it, it was lovely to start working with this. I looked, so look forward to, uh, to making this 300 kilo monster, but it, it was important to make him human as well. So, so, so we, we made sure that, that the prosthetics didn't cover up my face. I could still express myself uh, how I wanted. And, uh, and, and also to find, a way to move in that huge body that that sort of indicated that it was not just fat, it was also muscles, but also his his pattern of movements were were kind of uh, slightly effeminate, slightly soft, and uh, and I think that's uh, that f- that that feels sca- that scares you, and, and it scares you that it is actually a human being. It's not a cartoon villain. It's he's human, and that's the most frightening thing. <laughs> He does sound frightening. Uh, imagine carting around 300 kilos of props on your back every day. Um, yeah, quite, quite a character, I guess. Oh, really? And they have him on, you know, they had him on ropes, so he's like floating around. I yeah. think Dillon is like a little highlight of this movie. I love him as an actor, but I think I, I was really focused on whether or not they would nail this character, because to me, that's, he's just so, so important. This Baron Harkonnen, awful character. But I think he does a tremendous job, as well does you know Jason Momoa. But it's very different, you know. With with Stellan, Stellan is playing a character. Jason Momoa is kind of playing himself in this movie. <laughs> he's the you know the head of security. He's the he's the you know the the knight. He's the samurai who's looking after this family of Atreides, and he really captures you know that warmth of his energy. I don't know if you were here when he went to. Um, the Dubai Comic Con, um, the Middle East Film and Comic Con, the first time mm. he just has this tremendous warm energy, and also this strength, which is why he can always play. You know, the, the you know Khal Drogo on Game of Thrones, the you know Conan the Barbarian. He just really, really has that. But I think this one has the warmth of his spirit in a way you don't normally see in those sorts of roles. So I think for for Jason, who I spoke to while he's on the set 
of Aquaman 2 in London and clearly has been in the water tank too long because he clearly has a cold. Um, <laughs> it was a really rewarding experience. This role was challenging because it's definitely close to who I am and you want to, you know, it's always weird playing that kind of thing that's really close to who you are, you know? But it was definitely that, that, that place where uh, I've never played someone that would give his life for the cause. You know what I mean? Like, he's totally the servant to the family where it was beautiful to give, to, to, to feel that, you know, were you not trying to be, you know, generally I play bad guys or, you know, an outcast or this rebel. It's just going like undying love for this, this family. And uh, it feels good. I'm sure that's why there's nights and summarize. I feel like I would probably be better that than a king or something like that. It's just, it's nice to be able to go, I would die for this family and I'd die for this cause. I'd die for, you know, and so it makes things easier where you, you don't have to debate it. You don't have to worry about other people. You're just like, this is it. It's my job. Uh, it says, John, yeah, Aquaman with a cold. Um, I hope he gets well soon. <laughs> you could really hear it, right? <laughs> yeah, you could. You could. Okay, um, so definitely we've got to see this on the big screen. In IMAX, would you say, if possible? Yeah, it was filmed on IMAX camera so it's not just formatted for IMAX it's filmed on that gigantic IMAX film so it's a film that I was able to catch this a month ago I remember you asked me and I could not confirm (laughs) now I can say yes I did go see Dune a month ago and I'm going to be going to see it again this weekend on an IMAX screen because I do need to see this as it was intended and be able to see Abu Dhabi like I've never seen it before Yeah, very quickly anything else uh, jumping out at us that we should be watching over this weekend as well as Dune I would go over to Cinema Keel and I would catch one of the final showings of Run, Low the Run, one of the most you know exciting and fun um, German films uh, we've ever seen. I love, love, love Run, Low the Run. It was very influential. I remember that pink hair on Alias that Jennifer Garner had. That was a direct reference to Run, Low the Run. It's just a very fun film of a woman running against time that I think deserves to be seen on the big screen. So get over to Cinema Keel and watch that. Great stuff. William Lally, always fantastic to have you on the show. And that's the big release, of course, Dune, opening up this weekend. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. It certainly is, and welcome back to the show, Lunch with Lloyd. Now, we look forward to Thursdays as we get to mix in a little bit of masala into the show with a look at the world of Bollywood with Sneha May. Francis, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Always <laughs> love a little bit of masala. Yeah, why not? Put some spice into Thursday and uh, into the weekend. So, um, we're going to ask you, first of all, what have you been watching? Uh, this one's called Bell Bottom. Bell Bottom. I'm going to go out of the way. Where? Kochi. No pause, no hesitation. I'm saying the truth. Then I'm going to go out I love you. Our team refueling crew will be able to refueling duck. And if the plan fails, is there a plan B? Yes. Army. Indian Army Dubai me ya kisi bhi foreign soil mein it considered an act of war. Ministry ko handle karne dijiye. Sir, chess mein doubles nahi khela jata. Hamara maksad hai 210 hostages ko bachana aur target hai 4 hijackers. Dubai mein ek support group hai jo hamari madad karegi. Koi bhi harkat karne se pehle soch lena. Guard security har jagah maujood hai. There it is then, Bell Bottom. Um, is this based on a true story? Did we speak uh, about it? Yeah, we did yeah, talk about we, this. We did Again, speak about it. this yeah. is about Bollywood being inspired, being yeah. the key word by yeah. true events. So you have to do a little bit of digging to find out, uh, was, there, was this based on a particular incident or a few incidents? Anyway, I'll get to that. Yeah. So at the heart of it, a plane has been hijacked. 
and we have a raw analyst who's played by Akshay Kumar, one of the most celebrated. You know, mm. the uh, he's got so much sass, and he's just you know the, he walks into the scene and he's like James Pizzazz. Bond. Oh Pizzazz. yeah, yeah, yeah. To help, and he's there to help defuse the situation. Okay. Now, two countries are pitched against each other. There's a bunch of gun-loving terrorists in the center stage. So. Lot of action anticipated. Now, on paper, you would think this is a very easy movie that will win us over, but on screen, it's shoddy, it's manipulative, and it's sometimes it's hideously ambitious. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure a lot of people have watched it because this first hit the theaters and then yeah. uh, on the streaming platforms. And again, it's an Akshay Kumar film, so there's no spoiler alert in a sense because he wins at the end. Let's yeah. give it that. But there's a climax scene in this one, Mark. Okay, and there is a sandstorm that unfolds. It appears far too conveniently, and it's it's so tackily staged. There's so much graphics that's used. It's unreal, almost. I've ne- I've lived here for I don't know how many years, and I haven't seen a sandstorm as what do you say dramatic as I saw on right. screen. I mean, Tom Cruise did one, didn't he, in his Mission oh, this Impossible? Is n- oh, this is nothing in comparison, Mark. Right. And, and it's and it's pitched in a certain way that it's timed in fact so perfectly that it just helps Akshay Kumar when it, when it needs to mm-hmm. and then it suddenly becomes all clear the the surface, the plane, the people there's not a speck of sand or dust anywhere and I'm like wow this is amazing for a sandstorm to just yeah. pass through without leaving any mark. Yeah, leaves nothing in its trail. Uh, g- guys if you've seen this film uh, message in to 4001. <laughs> Do you agree with Sneha um, and uh, her uh, particular uh, version of that? Bell, Bell Bottom, why is it called that? Is it? So the agent, his code name is Bell Bottom. Oh, okay. And hey, when he walks into the screen, the first shot, where, what do you see? You see bell bottom. It's just like, oh. in case you miss the code name, we yeah. have it when, with him wearing bell bottoms. Now, the movie, they say, like, um, just going back to that fact that they're inspired by real events. I did a bit of digging and there were two flights, Indian uh, flights at that time in uh, uh, that were hijacked. One was flight IC405. The other one was IC421. And none of these, if I, if I look at how those panned out, had any semblance to what we saw on screen. So my question is, why do filmmakers kind of, you know, latch on to this inspired by true events? You can create an event, you know, just Mm -hmm. make it fictional. I think there's far more truth or far more realism in that. And And I think I will engage more if I've been told that it's either based on true facts or not. And... The one character in this film that I would like to highlight is Lara Datta. She plays Indira Gandhi, our former prime minister. The makeup mark is so fabulous that even I could have played Indira Gandhi. <laughs> really? So for me, I'm like, it's, she's, you, you cannot recognize her unless you hear her. And for those of you who might recognize her voice would say, oh, that's Lara Datta. For my husband, on the other hand, was clueless as to who was playing that character. So... Yeah, all in all, I think uh, a fair a of, attempt. But yeah. I mean, if it's it's if it's about masala, without you know going back yeah. and checking whether it you know tallies out with what actually happened, it's fun. I think Bell Bottom has been panned. Oh, has it? <laughs> <laughs> what did you make of it, guys? Four double zero one. Did you go to the cinema to see that one? Uh, if you did, let us know what your thoughts were on that. Now, uh, moving on from Bell Bottom, something that you are going to be watching is called Spin. Teach me how to spin. You want to be a DJ? So it's a date. It's really a 
amazing how you're picking all this up. You could be great. So you're a musician? No, no, no. It's just a hobby. It's not a DJ contest. Can we enter for you? I've loved making that song with Max, but what if there's no more music in me? Your mother always said... It's all music. She didn't run out of music, and neither will you. Is that a movie about a DJ? Yeah. yeah. A young girl who has dreams of becoming a DJ. Again, we're in this uh, the time when... Indian American girls are taking center stage. Remember, Mark, yeah. there was Never Have I Ever on yeah. Netflix. Did you did you get to watch those? No, I didn't get to see that one. No, so it was yet. hugely popular when it hit Netflix, and then they went into season two. Now we have Disney taking over and uh, spinning another tale with an Indian American girl taking center stage. Great. So looks interesting. Looks, you know, yeah. it's it'll appear to the, uh, appeal to the teens. Yeah, right? I, I, not sure. not me though. But I just think it's fun to see finally, you know, see a different uh, the representation actually finally yeah. getting that getting the due so this movie follows a girl called Rhea and uh, she has an eclectic group of friends her family's got an Indian restaurant so much masala <laughs> and an after school coding club but then she discovers she's got a natural flair for music or creating beats and okay. then she says you know she wants to pursue her journey so this is that you know kind of taking forward and seeing where that goes. There's Avantika who plays Rhea and then we have Bollywood celebrated star Abed Diol who plays her father. I really, really like him. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of thinking this will be one of those fun, you know, dreamy watch that Mm. probably may resonate with me. Let's see. And uh, this is directed by Manjri, another movie that she directed again with a young girl dreaming, I mean, chasing her dreams uh, in Skater Girl that, that came on Netflix. So, right. A lot of pluses. Let's hope this yeah. lives up. To expectations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's spin. Uh, and we're going to wrap up today uh, with Sunny. Life will hope or in the Sambu Ilandaigunya. In the Sambu Kinaria, Doctor. Yeah, I never bored you that I give you another trick. And I need to mention the Okay, so Sunny, what do we know about this one? This is a Malayalam movie. This is dropped on Amazon Prime today. Okay. So, hot. And yeah. it's it's a slow burner, and it's it's a story about a man who lives um, in quarantine. So it's very real. It it's about our times. Yeah. So he's flying back home to Kerala, and he's quarantined in a hotel. And then we kind of understand the situation that he's in, the problems that he faces, the conflicts, the ups and downs, his ambition, his loneliness. So it's something. That all of us have gone through mm. at some point, uh, especially last year. You know, a lot yeah. of us were stuck in a situation where it was just the, the four walls. But a lot of us had companionship, but a lot of us didn't. So I'm really curious to see how this one pans out. And I want to find out if Sunny's life will resonate with us or not. So something relatable, yes, but whether it'll resonate is for me to see. Um, do we know who's taking on this role? This one's played by Jay Surya. The voice that you heard uh, is Jay Surya. He plays a center role. And uh, the trailer's also very tight, doesn't give away much. So no. I'm really curious to see where this is headed. Again, it is sometimes tough to watch films about 
the the pandemic about yeah. quarantine because I don't know about you, Mark, but a lot of times I find it difficult because a lot of Hindi Indian filmmakers have you know uh, spun a lot of stories around it, and sometimes it's disturbing. Sometimes it makes me uncomfortable. I hope this one doesn't, but I, I would like to see where this goes. Excellent. Okay, so that's uh, Sunny landing today on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, your happy place? Um, where, where, where this? Are you going to be when there I, this weekend? When I net watch Netflix, <laughs> anything that a good crime drama and me. That's that's, that's happy, my happy place. That's your happy oh, place. just solving a murder mystery. Yeah. Well, I hope you manage to solve one this weekend, <laughs> Sneha. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, bringing in a little bit of Bollywood uh, to the program. This is Dubai I one hundred three point eight. You're listening to Lunch with Lloyd. Yes, indeed, and welcome back to the show. We've uh, already uh, taken a look at what we need to be watching uh, this weekend, whether it's Bollywood or Hollywood. What do we need to be eating? Well, uh, the answer to that comes from AJ, alias Mr Brunch, who joins me on the show right now. How are you, AJ? I'm really good, thank you, Mark. How are you? Very good. What's your happy place? Ah, so easy. Bangkok, without even skipping a beat. Wow. It's your favourite city? Favourite place in the entire world it's so so happy the people everything's amazing it is an amazing city and uh, the food oh my goodness um thai food is definitely the top of my list and uh, i wouldn't disagree with you on that aj your happy place being uh, the city of bangkok anyway bringing it back to dubai um you've got three suggestions of places that we might want to dine over the weekend so where we're going to get started uh, we're actually really, really easy today because all three are actually in the Dubai Marina. You don't have to travel far. Um, so we're starting off down at the Intercontinental Marina, and it's actually at Accent. Um, they've got a brand new brunch that they've just launched. I think it's three weeks old now, called House of Pop by now DXB. House of Pop. Okay. So tell me a little bit more about it, the ambiance and the kind of food that we can enjoy there. Okay, so um, most people will know it. It used to be the, uh, the former house of Wee Brunch, um, and they also got a real popular Thursday night brunch, um, which is along the veins of a similar theme. They pick a, uh, an, an, a genre, 80s, 90s, and this one, they've gone for pop. Um, so when you, when you walk in, it's, it's big, it's bright, there's massive balloons on each table, and the DJ's playing lots of pumping, uh, you know, happy pop tunes and party bangers, um, with, and an amazing amazing view of the uh, Dubai Marina or the yachts and everything like that. So that's going to be a really good one once the terrace opens in a couple of weeks. Um, In terms of the food, uh, for party brunches, you don't usually see brunches going that extra mile in terms of effort and what they actually put on as a spread because they think that people are, you know, just coming for the party. But uh, these guys really kind of buck that uh, trend and they've got everything from your sushi to you know, fresh pizzas and Asian delights and Indians and carving station and absolutely everything in between. And the desserts are really great as well. So a really, really good, fun, uh, fun brunch. They've even got a limbo as well if you want to get uh, show your dexterity. Mark. Right. Uh, I think my limboing days are uh, past me, but uh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, what are we looking at uh, when it comes to our pocket? Uh, it's come to the prices, and, and again, they've been a bit creative with the names, which I like. So they've got uh, Serving It Soft package, which is 250 They've got uh, Raining in the Desert, which is the house package, which is 350 And they've got Popping Bottles, which is their sparkling package at 450 
Okay, so that's brunch number one, the House of Pop. We're staying in the marina, but uh, just moving uh, over to the address hotel for the second one. What do we know about this one? Uh, well, this this one is either marketing genius or it's a re- it was a really slow day in the uh, creative names department. Um, the, either way, they they want us to have no doubt as to what they do, and this uh, this is called family brunch at the restaurant. So okay, so does what it says on the can. Exactly, exactly. So family brunch at the restaurant, and when you when you walk in and you see this place, it is, and I mean, stunning. Really, really well thought out interior design. It's like when you go into those show homes and they've got white carpets and white sofas and you don't want to touch anything and take your shoes off and things like that. Um, so it's not one that you'd automatically uh, think lends itself well to a family brunch, but honestly, let, don't let uh, looks deceive you on this one. Uh, they've got so much in terms of entertainment and the kicker, they've got free uh, tickets to the cinema for after brunch. Oh, wow. That's, I, like that. I like the sound of that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, the last thing I'd want to do after a brunch is go to the cinema, but maybe <laughs> I don't have kids. Um, uh, but in terms of the uh, the food offering, uh, they tie it into the cinema theme. They have things like popcorn and nachos and melted cheese and all that sort of stuff, but they do have a really high-class um, and wide uh, range of French and British cuisine from a, from a buffet as well. And they've got a live band as well, so uh, it takes care of all family needs. They've got PlayStation pods, bouncy castles, and, of course, uh, I mentioned the uh, the cinema tickets for real cinemas just down the road as well after. PlayStation pods, that's an essential, isn't it, for uh, any family brunch, I guess. So what are we looking at then uh, to, to take the family along? How much are we uh, looking to pay? Uh, so it's 225 for soft beverages, uh, 325 with house beverages, or 425 with bubbly. Um, kids up to the age of 12 are uh, 125 dirhams. Uh, and kids under seven go free. And again, all of those ticket prices come with your uh, free cinema ticket. Okay, uh, that's our second option. We're going to dive into a pool brunch, I believe, next. Uh, AJ, what do we know about this one? Uh, so this one, same hotel. We're just going four floors up, and uh, this has uh, undergone a bit of a transformation. This is called Weighing by Somia, um, and it's their new pool-level oasis. Uh, this one is called Wild Pool Brunch. And it's, uh, it overlooks the, the, the marina skyline. It's got a really nice, stunning 45-meter infinity pool. Uh, and they launched last Friday with a huge pool party with uh, none other than music superstar Akon. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, really, really good. And, and honestly, I've seen some of the pictures online, and it certainly lives up to its uh, wild, uh, wild namesake. Um, it was really, really, really busy. But the, the regular brunch will take place every uh, every week, not Acon there, unfortunately, every week, but it's from one till five. Um, and it's your typical poolside fare with Mediterranean and Asian flavors. So things like uh, sushi, they've got mini plates of sliders, salads and fresh fruits and everything like that. Nothing that's going to uh, make you too bloated in your swimmers and you can still look good. Okay. I'm glad you said that. I don't want to look too bloated. Um, So uh, if we want to take the plunge with this one, the uh, Wild Fridays Pool Brunch at uh, Wayne by Samia, what are we looking at for that one? Uh, For ladies, it is 199 dirhams. And for guys, it's 249 dirhams. Okay, um, so quite reasonable then, you know, in comparison uh, with some of the others. Uh, Where are you off to this weekend, AJ? Oh, we are going to the mighty Saffron this weekend. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, 
Oh, what I, I spent a birthday there once. Uh, my son's twenty twenty first birthday. That was it. Yeah, we spent in Saffron. I kind of enjoyed it, but it's a big restaurant. It is. It's a big one. Um, looking forward to it. They've gone uh, undergone a bit of a refurb, uh, and my sister flies in tonight, so we're going to get to bring her as well tonight. Oh, good, good, good for you. A nice family outing at the weekend. AJ, always a pleasure. If we want to follow you guys with uh, all your all your cool videos, where do we need to head to? Uh, cheers, Mike. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Mr. and Mrs. Brunch or at Let's DXB. Lovely stuff. Enjoy your weekend, AJ. This is Lunch with Lloyd. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. Yeah, Thursday afternoon, our favourite show of the week as we head into the weekend. And how about a little bit of Shakespeare this weekend? Uh, we're going to find out more about a production that's going to be happening in town called Shakespeare in Love. We have the director, Yassin, joining us on the show. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Lloyd. Good to have you with us. Uh, we've also got Celia. Hi, Celia. Hi. But nice, nice, bright voice um, there, and uh, we <laughs> got you. we got Carlos as well. How are you, Carlos? Uh, yes, sir, I'm good. Thank you. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for for joining me on the show. So let's start with Yassine. Um, I think this is kind of Shakespeare with a bit of a twist, not what we're used to. So tell me about this production. So Shakespeare in Love gives you an inside look um, on Shakespeare's life, and in the play we. Um, we see Shakespeare, he goes through this thing called writer's block. He can't write. He's, he's run out of ideas. And that is until he meets this young girl named Viola. And that's when inspiration strikes. Right. It always does when you meet that young lady, doesn't it? Inspiration <laughs> comes along then. So he's, he's out of cash and out of ideas. Um, yeah. uh, let's come to Celia on this. I'm guessing you're the young lady that sparks his writing again. I'm actually not playing the young lady. I'm playing a comedic relief character and Will's best friend, Henslow. Okay. So tell me more about your character then, Celia. So my character is really just a designated comedic relief for the play. Um, it's really an amazing character to play because we have a lot of slapstick humor. Yeah. And it's really fun to be able to interact with the rest of the cast in such an energetic way. So I'm just really lucky and fortunate to be playing this character. It's... This character is really, um, like, the whole idea is that he's being tortured and has to... Um, try and get this play to get to the end so we see a lot of his trials and tribulations so it's really interesting sounds like you've had a lot of fun um uh, celia in uh, rehearsals for this <laughs> most definitely it's amazing we have an amazing cast and of course our amazing directors so we have the best time celia are you still there <laughs> I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yes, I've got you, Celia. Okay. Uh, so maybe you can tell me what Carlos plays in this uh, production. Course. So Carlos is playing Will Shakespeare in this production. And it's a really interesting thing to get to see Carlos play this because he's had a lot less time to adapt to this role than the rest of our cast because he joined a little bit later. So it's really been awesome to see him perform. Carlos is really, he's, an, he's a really talented thespian. I've seen him do um, School of Rock with Dubai American Academy, and it was awesome. So I think that we're just really fortunate to have him. And Will is kind of this character who kind of goes off in these little ideas and doesn't really have an idea of responsibility or sacrifice until he meets Viola. So, Okay, so he's got a lot on his plate then, hasn't he, as, as our Carlos? Most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> um, so tell me about the actual you know, rehearsal process and uh, how it's all gone for you guys, Celia. Of course. So um, I first met Yassine when he was in uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Junction. And he invited me to be part of this youth theater group called The Green Room, which is actually Dubai's first ever youth theater group that is not part of a school. 
Um, I did a play with them for short and sweet, which is a competition that we host here in Dubai. I don't remember how long it's been, but I think it's 20 something years that we've had it. Um, and then for this one, we basically had auditions, I think late April, and then we rehearsed from May to June, and then we took the summer off and then got back on it this September. Okay, um, so it's been a busy time for you. Let's try and get Yasin back on the line. Um, I mean, when it comes to, when it came to casting this, um, how did you go about getting the perfect actors to uh, to take part? So um, the play is produced by the. Can you hear me first? Yes, we got you. Awesome. So the play is produced by the First Youth Theatre Group in the UAE, the Green Room. Yeah. Um, obviously, in the very beginning, it's it's my, it's my first time directing. So in the very beginning, I was like. Um, Maybe this guy, because like I, I have friends and I knew they could play parts. But when I went to auditions, I saw beautiful talent. I saw amazing things, and I, it was, I was blown away. And this play, the specific play Shakespeare in Love, it, it is a perfect play to like to direct because it features everything from drama to comedy to mystery. It has all the components. Because Shakespeare, you know, he 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 has tragedies like Macbeth and Romeo and Juliet, and then he has comedies like Midsummer's Night Dream. Shakespeare in Love takes all of that together, um, and I think it look, it's, it's a beautiful play. It's based on the 1999 Oscar-winning movie, um, and this is the adaptation. It's a play we can't wait. How many performances are there, and where can we get tickets for this, Yasin? So um, there are four performances. Today we have our opening night, yep. uh, September 23, 7.30 p.m. We have, like, five more tickets left um, before we're sold out, so go get those. That's, and it's the same thing for also tomorrow, September 24th, 7.30. Um, we also have five tickets left, so get those. There are still tickets left for September 25th, 2.30. We have our matinee, and we also have the evening show, Saturday 7.30, which is our closing show. Fantastic. Well, guys, Celia, Carlos, and uh, Yasin, we wish you well for uh, your production. Uh, first uh, show happening tonight and then throughout the weekend with a matinee as well um, on, on the Saturday show. That's Shakespeare in Love right here in the city of Dubai.